Welcome to episode number 83 of Nurses Living the Good Life. My name's Ann Conkley. I'm a certified nurse midwife and a certified life and business coach, and I'm so glad that you're here. This week's episode is an interview that I did with Amy Everhart, who is a psych mental health NP, and she is here in Ohio and started a private practice earlier this year that focuses on reproductive psychiatry for women across the reproductive lifespan. And it is a fascinating area to me because of my experience as a midwife and knowing how underserved and under-resourced we are specifically for women who are in the perinatal uh, you know, part of life or in, um, the postpartum area of life and, you know, just not having access to those resources. So I wanted to bring Amy on the podcast and interview her and get to know a little bit about her business, how she got started, why she wanted to do you know this specialization. And then also, you know, just hear a little bit about what advice she would have for anybody else getting started in a private practice. So, buckle up. I think this is a great episode. So many of you will probably relate to this. And I just want to remind you that just when you listen to Amy, you got to listen to her because she's pretty much a go-getter. She's got less than two years of experience. Well, actually a little bit more now at this point than two years of experience under her belt as an NP. And she really dove into the world of private practice and she's an example of what's possible. So, so without further delay, here's the interview with Amy. I hope you enjoy and uh, contact information for Amy will be in the bio. Hey, Amy, I'm so glad that you're here. Amy Everhart, um, please introduce yourself if you would, and um, welcome to Nurses Living the Good Life podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, my name is Amy Everhart. I am a psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner here in Ohio. I have recently started my own practice. Really, really, really exciting. Uh, I'm specializing in women's mental health with an even deeper specialization in perinatal mental health. So pregnancy, postpartum, and really just the struggles of motherhood, um, whether you're kiddos or babies or toddlers or in school. Um, Because I really feel like moms, there's support that is needed that's lacking. And I'm really excited to just help, help those mamas that find themselves struggling. Okay. So let's start from the beginning. Thank you for introducing yourself. Let's start from the beginning. How long, how long have you been a nurse? Um, I've been a nurse 10, 11 years, 12. Okay. <laughs> Start and to what, lose track. Yeah. And what made you go back to become a psych mental health MP? I was working in the ICU. Most of my nursing background was ICU. And I saw, I guess, a lot of the worst case scenarios in mental health. You know, when they're in the ICU, clearly things have not gone well and not the best outcomes. And I really just felt this drive to treat them before they got that bad and and help them. I did see, you know, a lot of the end of addiction, alcohol abuse, that sort of stuff. So I thought maybe I would work in that realm. It hasn't worked out for me that way now. I didn't go the addiction route in psych. Um, but I really felt like, wow, there's got to be something I can do to keep these people from, from ending up here in the ICU, whether it was, you know, an attempt or psychosis or or anything that it was. It made me feel like, I should do this. And at the time when I went back to school, the psych route was not really being utilized by many people. I didn't really know many people going back for psych. I definitely think it's become more popular now and more available and more talked about. But at the time I was going to do family nurse practitioner, but just decided to switch to mental health when I really took a step back and looked at what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. So how long has your practice been open? Um, I just opened my practice earlier this year. 
uh, about springish. I started working on it in January. You know, it takes a little while to get the the check boxes done to be able mm -hmm. to see patients. So I started seeing patients in the spring. Uh, for the past two years, I worked. I've still worked outpatient, though. I just worked for another nurse practitioner's practice. So I was seeing patients there, all different diagnoses. Very got very comfortable prescribing and and kind of developing those relationships. And it really gave me a chance to figure out what type of patients I wanted to specialize in, who got me really excited. And then personally, I, you know, had my own ordeals postpartum after my third baby. And it just kind of all came together at once and led me to where I, where I am now in my own practice. So when you, in your current practice, do you, are you seeing and doing, would you say you do more med management or you're doing more counseling or a mixture of both or kind of what's would, your flavor? I would say more med management. I always kind of describe it as I primarily manage medications, but my visits have a side of therapy. Mm -hmm. So I have a very therapeutic approach. I really, really value rapport in my relationship with my, with my patients. I love getting to know them and, and following up on things that are important to them. And I really enjoy that, that relationship, but where I shine, um, is really the, the med, med management. Um, and I think I will keep it like that. And I don't do therapy on its own, but therapy within the, the med management, I do like my patients to have a, their own therapist separate from me. Mm -hmm. Uh, what for you kind of is a full panel of patients? No, I'm not sure yet. Okay. I'm seeing patients about three days a week right now, and I okay. will likely keep it that way just with young kids and admin and whatnot. Um, at my previous place, I had a panel, a couple hundred, and I was pretty busy. I had stopped taking new patients. So I figure I'll get there, see where I'm at and kind of evaluate and, um, and see what, what feels good if I feel too packed or, or not packed enough kind of, kind of scene. Mm -hmm. How, and for you private practice, does it feel like it was a good move for you? Yes. I, I've always wanted to do my own private practice and I didn't think I would do it this soon. To be honest, I thought maybe I would go get experience somewhere else for a little bit longer. But when I was exploring my options, I just didn't like any of them. And I just decided, you know what, what better time than now? Let's just make it happen. And I started taking little baby steps and because there's so much to do, of course, um, and just started getting things done. And I continue to reevaluate and pivot every day because I understand it's the, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And there's always stuff we can do better. They don't teach you any of the business stuff ever anywhere. So mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a lot of figuring that out along the way, but I think it's fun. It's so much fun. And what do you think? That was the, the main reason that you wanted to do private practice. You said you always wanted to do it, but was mm -hmm. there, what, what do you think the rationale was for you? I really like the autonomy and I really want to be able to practice and treat my patients the way I want to treat them. Mm -hmm. I would really like to down the line incorporate a lot more integrative psychiatry. I would like to, I'm doing like a fellowship in the fall, actually a reproductive integrative psychiatry fellowship. I would really like to do more of that because I think medications are great and fantastic and part of the puzzle, but I also want to be able to help my patients, um, you know, in, in other ways. And, and I know some of that now, but I, I love to learn. I'm constantly learning and I eventually would like to do that. And I just want to be able to practice the way I want to do. I want to choose my own systems and, and network. I really enjoy the networking side of it, of being a, you know, practice owner. I get to network with therapists. I got to have coffee with one yesterday. It was amazing. 
the relationships. So I think that was my biggest driving force was I just wanted to, to make my own rules <laughs> and, and wake up every day and, and do what I love. And that's where, where I am now. And I'm, I couldn't be happier that I just jumped. I just made the jump and said, I'm going to do it and see what happens. And in worst case scenario, it doesn't work out, but I am relentless and I will make it work out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good for you. Uh, so, um, do you still maintain other work or are you just like, no girl, I'm, uh, no, I'm all right in now. on this business. Yeah, I'm all in. I, I quit my 1099 position about a month ago. So it hasn't been long. And I was building, you know, my current load in the pieces and parts of, of seeing those patients. I am going to do some teaching in January for Franklin University for their Psych NP program. So that'll be exciting and experience. Um, but other than that, right now, it's just me trying to get everything a little more streamlined, you know, to take off some admin, admin work. And I really felt like I'm scared to drop other work, but at the same time, I know this can't be what I want it to be if I'm continuing to put my attention elsewhere. Do you employ anybody yet? Not yet. Not yet. Down the line, for sure, I would like to. I had a student this past summer, and I thought she was amazing. And I told her, hey, find me in a year when you're done with school, and we'll see where I'm at. Yeah. And, and maybe I'll be able to help you kind of do what, what I'm doing. Um, but right now, no, I probably eventually definitely will need like a virtual assistant for sure. I'm just not really, I don't have my systems nailed down enough to be ready to bring somebody on yet. Yeah. Okay. Um, are you virtual or do you have a brick and mortar? I'm completely virtual right now. I am going to be renting some space from a therapist in the fall, especially due to the regulations coming back with controlled substance prescribing. So I will need to see some patients in person. And, you know, there is something about that that's different, of course. Mm -hmm. So I will go into the office maybe once a week or twice a month, um, probably come the fall. Mm -hmm. Good for you. Where What's been the most challenging aspect for you over the past, well, since the first of the year, since you got going with us? Mm -hmm. I think really just taking in all the information and organizing it in my mind to make decisions from how am I going to find my collaborating physician? You know, how am I going to pick an EHR? Oh, well, I don't like that. How do I pivot? Because out there, there's so much information and you want to make the best decision, but you also don't want to spend a ton of money right away. So I think the hardest part for me has definitely been those business decisions that I was learning as I was making them. And I definitely made some wrong ones for sure. And now I'm correcting them, but that's been the toughest part. The patient care component I have comfortably. That's, you know, what I love to do is my comfy zone. So that part has been easy and fun, but the business stuff has definitely been challenging and live and learn. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that a hundred percent. Oh gosh, Amy, that's like my, I think my motto. Um, yeah. Okay. Give me an example. What's been kind of out of the business stuff for you? What do you think has been the hardest? Just my systems, like my EHR systems okay. has been the toughest for me. I, the way I take insurance has been easy, no big deal. Um, and that aspect, I didn't credential myself with them individually. I'm using Headway, which has been really nice, but definitely my EHR figuring I'm not real technical, to be honest. I'm okay. not like real tech savvy. And I chose one based on a recommendation from somebody and I don't love it. So now I'm going to have somebody help me switch. And so that's been the hardest because I'm, I'm old ICU nurse, very type A, 
very organized and I have not felt like my assistants have been organized and I'm a little scattered. So then I'm spending more time in the admin role than I need to be. And, you know, when you have three young kids and you're spending too much time doing something that maybe shouldn't take you so long, it can be really, really stressful. And then when I'm with my kids, I'm struggling to separate those, those business to-do lists. Um, so that's been the toughest part for me, for sure. Yeah. Um, which EHR are you using? I was losing, using Luminello. Well, I am using Luminello. It's fine. And I chose it because I was familiar with the prescription software, ePrescribe, Dr. First. And I was like, well, that's my job. I have to be able to prescribe medications and I'm comfortable with, with Dr. First. So I'll use Luminello. But the whole program itself, it just kind of blah. Mm. And I'm going to switch to Intake Q, Practice Q and get some of my intakes and consent streamlined and, and mm-hmm. just be like a nicer package altogether. Yeah. Yeah. Good for you. Um, okay. What, um, what's been the, the, well, you said the patient care, but anything else that's been surprisingly easy for you? The signing up, spending money on trainings. <laughs> I love, I just completed a, a perinatal mental health training last week through PSI postpartum support international. And I think it's so fun to learn. I'm like, take my money and, and I'll be <laughs> part of, of, whatever you want to teach me. That was so fun for me. Those three days, I am going to take the certification, but that's like a test. I never thought I'd take another test, Um, but that's been the surprisingly easy part. And that's why I get so excited because I get so excited to be able to deliver that type of, of care to my patients. And like I signed up for the reproductive psychiatry fellowship. And I think if you're going to go off and do your own practice, you have to have that lifelong learning mentality because it's just you and you have to stay up to date on stuff. You have to know the best, you know, treatment modalities, recommendations. You have to have that go get them type of, of mentality, because if you don't, then your patients will suffer and long-term your business will suffer. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you wish you had known like before you got started that you didn't know? I guess maybe the order to do things because oh, I was okay. all over the place. Okay. I, you know, there's a lot of moving parts are happening at once when you first get started. And in Ohio, we're a, you know, we're not independent practice, unfortunately. So you cannot do anything without a collaborating physician. Um, So that has to be, if not the first, one of the first things that you do. Mm -hmm. I, the way I was taking insurance before I had headway was a little bit iffy. I went through another company at first and reimbursement rates were just kind of not, not up to par. So I parted ways with them. So I wish I would have just kind of skipped that step, but live and learn you, you move on and and figure out what works better. But I guess just, I try to find, there's just not, I couldn't find like a good, like checklist. And my type A personality was like, someone tell me A, B, C, D, E, but it doesn't work like that. Things happen all at at the same time. So I wish I just could have been a little bit more patient with myself and yeah. And and understood that it would come together, even if it wasn't like A B C D E F G happens. It all just kind of happens happens together, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I get that. I just opened my own private practice, and when actually what I'll do is put in the show notes. We have a um, a course actually that's going to launch soon, which is private practice in thirty days, which sounds kind of crazy because I it took me about forty five days. It was a little bit longer to actually open, mm-hmm. um, but we created out of that a checklist like a 
do this first in an order of operations because my brain is works kind of, you know, in a very systematic approach, which is like, and you're right. There are a lot of steps that you can't do until, you know, sure. like you can't open the business account, the banking account and the credit card until you have your EIN and you've got to apply for your EIN and, you know, all that stuff. So there is somewhat of a, of a learning curve. So I'll put that in the show notes, actually the download. So um, for anybody that's out there, if you would like a private practice um, uh, startup checklist, it'll be in the show notes. And so just go there and you can download it, but it's got, you know, an in-person versus a telehealth versus a, you know, coaching business or like a non-patient care um, facing business. So, you know, some options in there, but um, to streamline it and, and keep, yeah. you know, keep it so that it's, you know, uh, one at a time clearly laid out, but um, okay. Tell me um, where are you going kind of in the next what do the next three to five years look like for you in terms of your business and kind of what you're doing and, you know, um, and what your business is helping you to do? Mm-hmm. So the next three to five years looks like continue, you know, growing my patient panel, continuing to, to, to learn and expand my knowledge as well. Um, possibly bring on another provider or two to take patients um, as long as they have the same interests as my practice, want to specialize in women perinatal, um, continuing to be there, there for my kids, you know, having my own private practice allows me to see patients three days a week and have an admin day and then still have a day with my kids that aren't in school on Fridays, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. I get to spend the weekends with my family. We're in the nursing world. You work every other, every third weekend holidays. I'm here. You know, I get to decide, Oh, so-and-so has this appointment on this day block it off. You know, that's just the freedom looking forward is amazing. We're going to eventually build a house, you know, this will allow me to do that and, and not be overly stressed about, oh my gosh, I work five days a week or I work this weekend or whatever I get to, I get to choose. And it's, it's amazing. It's not necessarily about the money aspect. It's the money that gives the freedom that is, is my favorite part. And what I'm looking forward to in the next, next few years, um, I would love to bring on, you know, another provider too, like I said, and just kind of grow a little bit. I don't know if I'll ever have anything huge because like I said, I'm also a mom and I have kids and, and I need to remember that and be present for them, but, you know, definitely helping others that want to do what I'm doing as well down the line, because, you know, as a new grad or as a new private practice owner, you know, finding support and mentorship is, is huge, really, really huge. So living the good life then for you is just having is not necessarily the money, but what, what like money affords, right. In terms of freedom and flexibility. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Um, if you had to give kind of some advice to, the, the NP who's thinking the psych mental health NP. And I, I actually just as a side note, think the psych mental health NP and the, the world of psychotherapy and psychiatry and mental health is interesting because it seems to me that the focus is very often on going toward the private practice model, right? Mm-hmm. Like for the therapists of the world and the psychotherapists of the world, like they, it seems like that's the standard model, which is you go, you get degreed, you get your um, hours done, and then you go out and you build your own practice. And, and I, which is great. And I don't think that's necessarily the upbringing, at least I had in my midwifery program. I don't know about you and your, you know, psych program, but that there wasn't this 
you know, just like, oh yeah, when you're a midwife, you go out and you build your own practice. It was yeah. much more of a, you go find a job and you take, you kind of like take what they, what they give you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I wonder um, when kind of, you know, whether it's related to like the advice that you would give to a psych mob MP person, or, or if it's just more generally, like if you had to kind of like if you saw somebody who was like, I don't, I don't know. I don't really know about private practice. It's not for me. Nobody ever told me that that was an option. And I just don't like, I've never envisioned myself being that person. What would you say to them? I would say if it's something you feel called to do or that you want to give a try, start small, keep your job, keep your financial stability, keep your job and try, you know, a little side gig or side practice and see if it feels like something that you would like to continue to grow or, or not. All right. So if knowing what you know now and, you know, the journey that you've been on over the past year or eight months, what advice would you give to another MP who was thinking about starting her own or his own or their own private practice? Yeah, I my biggest piece of advice would be definitely to find a mentor. Because we can't do this alone. And you can learn from their mistakes. Definitely. <laughs> I will be happy to share my mistakes with people down the line, for sure. Yeah. That would be number one piece. Even if it costs you some money, whatever you got to do, time is money and you will save yourself a lot of time investing in a mentor. Mm -hmm. And a lot of money, I think. I've saved a lot of money from mistakes that I haven't had to make because I've... Yeah. Or, uh, you know, I've had somebody who was just like very knowledgeable and like, no, don't do this, try this and avoid this and, you know, skip this step. You don't really need it. And yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. That would be, be my biggest piece of advice and be patient. Um, are you currently accepting new patients in Ohio? I am. And are you licensed in any other States? Nope. Just Ohio right now. Just Ohio. Okay. All right. So how can people find you if they want to reach out to you because they are maybe another psych mental health MP and they want to talk with you. Um, how would they reach you? And if they are maybe a patient and they are seeking some support, how would they reach you that way? So the best way to get a hold of me is just look for me on psychology today, Amy Everhart, and you can shoot me an email straight from there and I'll, I'll see it. Even if you're, you know, a student or yeah, another nurse practitioner, just looking for some guidance. I am an overshare and I'm happy to collaborate and share my knowledge. And, and that would be the best way. I respond pretty, pretty quickly and I'm happy to, to help others or just be someone an ear to listen to, if that makes sense, because we're all in this together and the better, the more we collaborate and network, the better care we can provide to our patients. And what about patients? Where do they find you? Same, same way. Just go to psychology today, shoot me an email and, and I'll be back in touch. Okay. All right. Very good. Well, thanks for coming on and talking about your business and I wish you all the best. I think that, you know, my background in midwifery is, and, and now doing coaching, which I love, but I, you know, we have a, we are, I think moms are vastly underserved in you know, the area that you're providing care to. And I would have loved to have somebody who was doing telehealth and who took, you know, to took insurance and when I was back in practice and, um, so I love it. And I love that you're a mom and you've got your own you know, past experience with it. Um, and I think it probably makes you relatable in a way that, you know, maybe other people can't relate. So um, it's a fantastic resource. So thanks for doing what you're doing for our, our Ohio moms. It's a incredible resource. 
Uh, and, and I wish you nothing but the best and keep growing. And, um, you know, it's incredible to see, you know, and I think it's, you're a great example of what's possible in eight months, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In the 1099 position, open your own private practice, start to think about you know, building a house or kind of those next steps, onboarding somebody, bringing somebody. I mean, it's incredible. So good for you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. And my motto has been just, I am striving to be who maybe I've always needed in motherhood. And, and hopefully I can, can be that for others, especially now that mental health is, is less stigmatized and, and more recognized. Yeah. Good for you. All right. Well, we wish you all the best. Take care. Hey, it's Anne. If you liked this episode, I want you to go into whichever podcast platform you use and either like and or subscribe to this channel. It's one of the few ways that I know that this podcast actually makes a difference for you. And here's one other thing I ask. If you think this podcast episode would be helpful to someone else, please don't hesitate to share this resource with them so that we can get more nurses living the good life right? That's the whole deal. So if you would, again, please go and either like or subscribe to the podcast or share it as you see fit. I thank you wholeheartedly 